0: And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 641. Contin- continuing our team by team previews through the 2024 fantasy baseball season. And we are sticking in the NL East to the fighting Philadelphia Phillies, a team that's loaded in the world of fantasy. If you go top to bottom here, I did the Braves. They have like six guys in the first 62 picks, or eight guys, which is nuts if you count pitchers. Phillies aren't far off. In all things considered, so they got some studs. and helped me break all that down for the upcoming season. The gentleman that helped me break them down last year, you can find him over at Prospects Live. A lot of great stuff going on over there. He's podcasting. He's right, and he'll tell you all about it here in a second. You can find him on Twitter at Drew is OK. Drew Wheeler. How you doing, my friend?
1: I'm so good, Bubba. It's such a blessing to be here with you again, man. Two years in a row. Uh, I think the most pressing question anybody would have is, "Wow, him again." Do you not know any better people, but it is such a treat to be here with you, sir. And thanks for the invite.
0: Of course. No, this is one thing I pride myself in. I guess if people care, I literally, if you helped me last year, you got the first invite this year and that's just the way I roll. And I got probably 80 to 85% of people coming back and I just, I love it because you can get the chemistry, you get the, you know, the people love the team. And again if you were willing to to put up with it last year, I'm having you back 100% every time. So take that for, you know, 2025. If you're bored, you'll be getting a, a DM at some point looking for some Phillies talk. But uh before we uh, go into that, let everybody know what you got going on over at Prospect Live cuz you are a busy man.
1: Well, thank you for the opportunity to talk about it. Uh well, like you said, Prospects Live is is going great. We are very busy. Um at the very current moment we're working on our, uh, FYPD rankings. We're going to, uh, we've discussed anywhere between 125 and 200 deep, uh, which is very exciting. So I've, I've written some blurbs on some players. Um, some guys done some really deep research on some players recently that I really like, uh, including Chase Dolander uh, of my university of Tennessee volunteers formerly now with the Colorado Rockies. But, uh, don't be worried. I do think that there's some good things to like in, uh, in Dolander stuff. We're working on that. Uh, I always work on a big international prospects or, uh, players that come over internationally, uh, generally about once a year, I'll work on that. And there are so many talented players this year that I just, I, I love. And I think that fantasy players are going to really stick to once they see what they can do, uh, working on that, uh, generally speaking, uh, doing some podcasts with my buddy Greg Hoogkamp. Uh, Greg is breaking down position by position, whereas you'll do team by team. Mm-hmm. Greg goes position by position super deep for all of your dynasty needs. Uh, the Patreon is popping. And I do want to give another shout out to our uh, our card guys, Joe and Max. They are always doing some baseball card stuff that's just out of this world. Uh, the Daily Sheet boys are unreal. Prospects Live is great, and I appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to talk about it.
0: Yeah, it is great. I'm a good friend of Matt Thompson. He's been there since the beginning. A legend. Uh, he'll be doing my Cardinals podcast next week. So, so uh,
1: do you have yeah. two or three hours set aside for that? I uh, he's the
0: only one so far scheduled that day. Like usually, I'll do a bunch in the same day and then book them. But he's my only Monday right now. And um, yeah, I know he's got a lot of venting to do.
1: He well, not only venting, but I always joke with my other Cardinals friends that if I need to know anything thing about any Cardinals player. It's Matt immediately. And he, he has also the very unenviable task of making me look smarter. And so, uh, he does a a lot of lifting in that regard. I love Matt and I'm so excited. You're going to have him on.
0: Yep. I always enjoy get to see him at first pitch every year. We talk for quite a while over some stuff and just a good dude, good dude, really good at what he does. So, um, yeah, fun guy looking forward to that, but let's let's focus on you right now and let's talk Philadelphia Phillies. And before we get into the players, I ask every person because they're usually a fan for the most part when they're doing this. How'd you feel after the 2024 season? I know it was, they came up short, but I thought it was still pretty good. Uh, What were your thoughts?
1: After so many years of rebuilding and so many just tough seasons, it's hard not to be ecstatic, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I kind of, it's, it's hard not to just feel so much pride in this team that has been in the doldrums for so long, and you know some good free agent signings. You get a, a general manager who wants to spend money and who wants to be competitive, and uh, it's it's outstanding, Bubba. You know it's obviously you wish we could have come through uh, against Arizona. We played really well. They have a great team, and uh, it's unfortunate. But uh, another NLCS is something I, or another you know, reaching the NLCS is something I'll hang my hat on. Very very proud.
0: Yeah, no, I love that attitude because only in reality, only one team does what we all hope they do. But right. uh, your team gives yourself a chance. It's all you can ask for. And that's what the Phillies did. And uh, I, like, I I was on a Phillies show. I can't remember what it's called enough, the, About a month ago, they had me on. It's a Phillies YouTube channel, Philadelphia Sweet. YouTube channel and stuff. And so that was fun. And I just told them flat out. I said, hey, when my Giants are out of it. I have no problem rooting for you guys because that, that ballpark, that Citizen Bank Park um just that atmosphere i told him that's a bucket list thing a playoff game there i am in like let's go so uh it's hard not to root for them when you see the playoffs plus the guys like we're gonna talk i love a lot of these players like they're good (laughs) good dudes to root for so absolutely let's get into them let's start with trey turner uh i love trey turner always been a fan of trey turner glad he left la it made me very happy so he went to philadelphia and you know it's what, what i not lock it up to its first year, first team type thing. Maybe adding two. Maybe it's the easy way out, but I, I see it with a lot of players, and so do other people. So right now, you're getting him at an ADP around twelve over the last couple of weeks, which maybe is a bit of a discount. Still finish with twenty six homers and thirty steals, hit two sixty six. Like you might expect to hope for a little more, but all in all, I thought it was a pretty fair season. All in in the end,
1: what are your thoughts on Trey heading into twenty twenty four? Buy with buy with confidence. I uh, love Trey Turner. Uh, the thing is, is that now I feel like shortstop is kind of ridiculously deep. And not only deep, but deep with guys who are going to give you kind of what Trey does, a little power. And I say a little power. Gosh, he's a 2020 candidate. Uh, last year, 20 uh, or rather last year, you know, he, like you said, kind of started slow. But uh, upon adapting to the environment and to the new team, is fine. Uh, I'm looking, by the way, today, I should go ahead and give a shout out to my man, Ariel Cohen, ATC, uh, yep. my favorite set of projections. So, uh, shouts out to my boy, Ariel, uh, Ariel projects him at 23 home runs and 27 stolen bases, uh, which is outstanding. I mean, just behind, uh, my favorite Philly here, that we'll talk about in just a moment in terms of war for the season. Uh, it's going to be a comfortable average, going to give you comfortable OPS as well. Uh, the power is not it's non-negligible i think you're looking at 100 runs pretty you know all things considered no injuries uh with a good number of rbi he's a player you can very comfortably plug in and expect uh i'd say 20 home runs and 25 stolen bases kind of at the the floor mm-hmm. great player to have and i, I advocate for everyone drafting him
0: yep yeah, no i'm with you i think there's a a chance we see a, a nice Bounce back season, if that's possible, from a pretty good season type thing. I go, still good, all things considered. But uh, there's definitely a layer on top of that that we could see next season. Let's talk about Kyle Schwarber. Uh, Schwarbaum, amazing human being, uh, 47 home runs last year, which is obviously awesome. That's after 46 in the previous year. Runs in RBIs, both over 100. But it's that batting average dropped down to 197 this year, or this past year. ADP is 97. Now when we're looking at Schwarber, everything's, he's a three category stud, but is that good enough for you when you're on draft day?
1: A hundred percent. There's for me personally, from a personal context, Bubs, you I, you should know uh, batting average is something I like to form. Like the foundation of the team getting on base, having a high average because other stats is it's likely to follow just based on the fact that you get on base. Uh, furthermore, Having that kind of floor in mind for me personally allows me to take Schwarbs, who again, let's just quote Ariel right here, looking at a 222 average next year. You if take I have that to, in a heartbeat. Yeah, if I have to swallow 222 in order to get 40 40 bombs and 100 runs and nearly 100 RBIs with potential for more comfortably in any of those cats all day long, uh, as a matter of total fact, uh, in our Highlander league uh, played amongst industry guys, I uh, stole. Uh, Kyle Schwarber in the Highlander draft. He was a player that I, I swiped of, of players that were unpicked or unprotected from people's teams and was delighted to get him. He was a guy that I would have taken in the top five, and I think I got him 15th. It was oh, unreal.
0: Yeah, no, he saw like OBP leagues obviously is a monster. Oh, yeah, in those formats. Uh, yeah, if you can get 220 ish, 230 average, then there's a lot to like about Kyle Schwarber. Like you said, build your team appropriately, there could be a spot for him. But you got to build it appropriately. Otherwise, that average will sink you when all oh, yeah. you're said and done. Bryce Harper. Uh, I'm really excited about this season, to be mm-hmm. honest, because you know, he came came in late to the season, coming off the brace TJ surgery, whatever he actually had. Still hit 21 homers, stole 11 bags, hit 293. Uh, looked great. The, the longer the season went on, the healthier he got. Looked awesome. He's only first base <laughs> eligible this year. So keep that in mind but ADP around 16, still pretty good. What are your expectations for Harper this year? Because this is a dude that feels like another MVP campaign soon. Maybe not this year, maybe it's next year, but it feels like it's 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 coming the way he was playing towards the end of last year.
1: I think if he can carry over that momentum and that energy, uh, like you said, it's an MVP candidate at the drop of a hat. At the word go, he's a candidate. At the end of the season, he's a candidate. He's He's the leader this team needed. And we got him. And I have to have to say to any other Phillies fan who had anything negative to say at the onset of this contract, I hope you have asked uh, yourself what you were thinking. This is exactly who we wanted, and we have gotten him. People who thought that his uh, MVP season in Washington that was a flash in the pan, oh, Bubba. I, I hope they can see this guy as the legitimate franchise player he is. Uh, in my opinion, at the end of his contract, Harper will be valued as strongly as the Schmitz and the Richie Allen's all, all these dudes in Philly's history. He will be a, an icon.
0: Yeah. And I, and I'm,
1: as such, you know, why do you not want that guy? I have <laughs> Harper everywhere I can. And I I am biased, but I love the guy. He's great. Yeah, it's
0: one of those that I'm honestly like everyone's talking about Freddie Freeman in the middle of round one. I'm like why not Harper? Like, I know Freeman had 25 homers, had the 23 steals. The average is probably the biggest differentiating factor just because Freeman's hit over 300 so often. Well, Harper right. did hit 293. Um, It's like, it's, it's pretty good. And he did it in a short season. Like, I think Harper's a 35 to 40 homer, 20 to 25 steal guy. Like, and if we get that, why aren't we talking next to Freeman or better than Freeman stuff? So that's where I just, like, want to bring up that, and 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 maybe we're overestimating Harper. That's fair, too. That's the fun in the game we play. But I'm willing to take that chance in the first round because at worst brings you one of the best floors that you're going to find in baseball. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And just everything else is gravy. So I'm happy. And I wanted to comment on one other thing. So you mentioned the Philly fans. Well, I remember he was in talks with the Giants then. Right. And I'm biased, of course. I'm actually okay. happy he went to the Phillies for the for baseball sake, because he embro- like he just embraces that that city, that energy. Like what he's doing there, I would like, but most of San Francisco probably wouldn't like appreciate like the excitement and the motivation. Like we haven't like that was Will Clark back in the late 80s. Okay. I was yeah. I was gonna say no, okay. like he's right behind me for those that watch the video. Like his jersey, that's Will Clark's jersey right there, autographed. Right. That's my favorite player. We really haven't seen a lot of that since then. Like bonds was just kind of swaggy confidence where Clark was just hard nose, confident. That's Harper hard nose. I'm going to put paint all over my face. I'm going to get as dirty as possible every day. We're going to win baseball games, like whatever it takes. I love it. So I'm glad he went to Philly, but what I was going to say is you mentioned Philly fans that didn't like it. I had so many friends, Giants fans, non-Giants fans, you name it. Telling me I was a fool for wanting to spend as much money as possible for Bryce Harper and I, I listed, you know, age, talent, whatever you want to list them all. He's worth every penny of this deal, people. And now you look at it. I know I'm preaching to you. You already understand this. But to the listeners, keep preaching, keep preaching to the listeners, they're like, look at the contracts getting signed these days. Exactly. And just the fact that the Phillies did it a few years ago, you just look at how money uh, like, you know, gains value through time. Harper's deal is going to be one of the bigger steals you're going to see when it's all said and done. Like Harper could have literally sent on like a four year hundred and fifty million dollar deal and said, "I'm gonna test the market again later and really cash in." But no, he went with this monster deal with the Phillies, and no one would have judged him for that either. By the way, no, <laughs> like, nobody yeah, would have. It makes judged total sense. Him. But he took this big deal. He came out and said he wants to be a Philly for life. All these things. Like, I'm sorry, I just had to have my moment there to say, like, no, I told I, you how I, much I, I like the Phillies. I'm like, this is the perfect dude to embrace. We're yes. fighting Phillies. Like, it is beautiful.
1: I'm glad too that you did say that because you know, in a fantasy game, it's hard to take certain things into perspective. Like real world baseball does determine a lot of what happens in fantasy. Obvious. Yeah, Drew. Yeah, we know that, but, On a more granular level, thinking about Bryce in the terms that he is an on field leader, he's an off field leader. Like, we're going to talk about a guy who is uh, going roughly around the top 100 picks here in a minute, who Harper has mentored and turned into one of the most valuable players at his position in Bryson Stott. We'll talk about him in a minute. I don't want to get at this on Bryson Stott, but Harper's not only worth the money, but he's worth your draft investment too, period. I, I think that if if you're playing in a 12-team league, you re- you jump up for joy when you get Harper in the second round. If you're playing in a deep league, you pump your fist when he's your number one guy. Um, it kind of leads me, to, you know, because I love Freddie Freeman. We talked about Freddie a minute ago, and I, I even have Freddie above Bryce, if I'm being just totally honest. So, I'm, so do I. So do I. But, but, like, but Bryce is yeah. my favorite player yeah. in Major League Baseball, barring maybe Mike Trout and Seiya Suzuki. I mean, he's yeah. my favorite individual player. And for like, this reason, and
0: and again, it's no slight on Freddie. Freddie, it's Freddie's no. done it for, for five years seasons in a row. Or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's just so there's a lot to be said about that, and I wouldn't be shocked if Freddie out earns them again this year. Sure, uh, it's just like the conversation we're both trying to have is why is there that big of a gap? There should in, in the two. There really shouldn't be, and I know it's because maybe people want the outfielders or whatever. There's always a conversation, but in reality, why is there that big of a gap? So it's a fun co- topic. I. I just hope, and I know some people do, I just hope Harper really gets his flowers sooner than later. Like he deserves the um, appreciation from all of baseball, which I don't know if he'll ever get, but I think he should.
1: I think that uh, a great – I know we need to move on past Harper, but yes – I think that it's 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 interesting that he because of kind of the swag and the mm-hmm. the the way he was as a younger player now that he has matured and has taken on a leadership role people are always going to beat him up for that. Yep. And I think another thing is is just frankly we're living in a in a world where you've got three first basemen that could theoretically be first rounders in Freeman, yep. Olson and Harper. Yep. Somebody is going to get a little overshadowed 100% and I mean, in a real world scenario, if you're going to overshadow one of these, let it be Bryce because that'll just make him play even harder. But in a fantasy perspective, if your league mates overshadow Bryce, cash in. And,
0: and again, this will be my last thing. I could talk Harper all day if you want. I don't care. But and this um, is a
1: Harper podcast. Though. Yeah, no, I,
0: <laughs> you guys are seeing my love for the guy that I don't talk about enough. Um, like if you really want to get even deeper, throw Pete Alonso into the mix. Oh, yeah. And, sure. and, and like, but what gets really fun now, again, more on the real world side of things. Is for the next what seven to ten years? I don't know how long all their contracts are. That's your four candidates to fight for probably two All Star spots a year in the National League. You know how much fun that's going to be because all those guys like to kind of talk trash in a fun way. Oh yeah, like, yeah that's yeah, yeah. going to be glorious. Like it's so because I because I'm a baseball fan first and foremost. Fantasy is awesome. And I know you are, and most of us that play the game, it's because we love baseball. So I love stuff like that because when we grew up, Drew, you had like the shortstop battle on the AL every, yes. year. Someone gets <laughs> every year. You even had a first base battle on both divisions because you had like the Frank Tom. Like there's always a handful. So we're kind of getting back to that now, which I, I appreciate because the game kind of loses its luster. Th- yeah. That brings some of it back. Now we're like voting matters, quote unquote, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. A little sideways there. All right, let's talk JTR. JT, real Muto, one of the top fantasy catchers in the game. Had a little, like, kind of a setback last year, according to some, mm. but then you go look at the stat line, 20 homers, 16 steals, 252. Like, so the average is down a little, okay, but still power speed, which you don't find at many catcher's positions. No. ADP is around 74. What's your thoughts on JTR?
1: JTRBCIB period best catcher in baseball not necessarily true anymore but I mean JTRBCIB is just it rolls off the tongue so well <laughs> uh I've talked so much about Real Muto this offseason which is bizarre about it because you are I, I want to say my third guest appearance uh of the season I'm trying to cut down on these things but anyhow uh I've <laughs> talked about JTR so much because I love catchers and he of course being that for my favorite team unreal Something I've I've noted that makes me love JTR so much more uh, of catchers who are projected to have any kind of relevant fantasy playing time and contribution in 2024. Did you know that JT Real Muto is going to offer seven and a half percent of all the stolen bases? Any catcher will give you. That's pretty impressive. Stolen bases at catcher is ridiculously rare and incredibly valuable. Um, I am, I, like I said a minute ago, I love catchers. Adley Rushman is a, a darling. He will be a, a stud for years. Uh, there are others who are unreal. Even in division, there are players, uh, Frank Alvarez and Sean Murphy, ridiculously underrated. But the, the fact that Real Muto can give you 15 stolen bases as well as 20 home runs with a comfortable average and you know the runs and RBI that come with playing for a team like Philadelphia, that stolen base boon, Is something you can't you can't praise enough, and an ADP of what did you say a minute ago? You were around seventy around seventy four last couple weeks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I okay. I've got seventy two and three. My two numbers. So seventy four is a good safe estimate. I mean that gives you round five in a fifteen team, and um, you know, or later or early whatever you get what I'm saying. That kind of draft capital I think is great because again. With the way steals are now, everybody says, you know, it's okay because everybody steals more bases with the stolen base rule. Sure, fine, but catcher is still different. And to have 7% of the overall stat population in one draft pick, yeah, I'll take that all day. Yep,
0: I'm with you. I think there's a lot to like about JTR. Um, there's a, the, the, the catcher's talent pool is getting deep. It's getting good. Steals, JTR still leads the way. Nick Castellanos, uh, loving what we saw to finish the season there. 29 homers, 11 steals, hit 272, 106 ribbies. After that first year kind of blunder in town, he got back to his norms. Look at a lot of factors, got back to normal. Now he has an ADP of 110. Are we back believing in Castellanos, or do you still have any concerns from 2022?
1: If Casty could play like he plays in the playoffs constantly. Yeah. I I'd, I'd have no concerns. And even at the even at the end of his contract, I'm going to look back on this and say it was a good move. I'm glad we made it. But in terms of fantasy, I think there are other players who I'm I'm just as interested in around his ADP and I'll try to find some names really quick for those. But that's not to say that I don't think you should draft Cassianos necessarily. I think he's a very strong player who's obviously playing in a lineup that you're going to want to have a part of. Uh, you know, different elements of, but theoretically, Spencer Steer, who's going just around there and offers you double the eligibility. I, I don't know. I think that it's curious. Another Phillies player I'd rather have than Casty, we'll talk about in a minute, who's drafted kind of in a similar position. Uh, I do like Castellanos. I do think that his power is something you can't negate because the guy's got, I mean, again, just shout out Ariel. Uh, the third highest projected ISO measure on the team. So isolated power, for those of you at home who are unaware, is going to measure pure power. It's essentially your slugging rate minus your on base percentage rate, and uh, that isolated power indicates how much actual power you project, or your your hits end up giving you. Uh, Castellanos having the third highest on the team behind Schwarbs and Harper. Uh, it's it's I mean it's kind of a duh thing, but when you consider he's got the third most power on the team. With any better, you know, luck, we can call it luck or we can call it, you know, a better mental state. You know, he could return a really good uh, in, be a good return on investment at pick 100, 103, whatever we're saying. Uh, just, I, I'm not sure that at that point I wouldn't be looking at another position. But if I've built differently and Castionus is on the table, or if he goes maybe one ten or one twenty all all day, I think he could be a boon I'm just a little suspect still
0: yeah that's what I was curious as someone that watches them a lot more is we've seen the goods we've seen the really bads and what are we going to get type thing so it is a roller coaster with Cassidy I think there's a lot of good there but just be ready buckle up and uh, and see where it goes Alec Bohm, this is a guy that I like there were a lot of really high expectations for I felt like when he got called up and mm-hmm. we're seeing a good ball player I don't know if he's just me if he's not going to meet those expectations or what to expect but, you know, 20 homers last year, 97 RBIs, hit 274. Um, it's just, is, is it going to be enough to warrant a, a, a starting job or a, to be aggressive in the draft, I guess? He's first base, third base eligible, ADP of around 165, 170. What's your thoughts on Bohm as he enters now his uh, fourth full season with the team?
1: I don't. Just to be kind of blunt, I don't think Bone will ever truly live up to the expectations set for him. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and this is off the cuff, he was the third overall pick out of Wichita State. I think um, right, out, yeah. Outstanding collegiate player, great contact hitter. But some of some of what we see at a collegiate level in terms of a great contact hitter, you have to imagine, unless they're truly elite, is going to kind of dissolve a bit once you're facing superior competition. I do think that Boehm is a player who will be looked back on favorably always uh, after his, you know, oh, I, I hate it here the during the game, like all those things and then being embraced and coming around to kind of what Philly means and playing in Philly. Um, he's a guy again, who's not going to strike out a ton, but doesn't really walk a ton because he just has such a good contact tool that he's willing to put the ball in play more often. Um, I think, um the power is kind of what I'm concerned about here. Uh, he's got kind of marginally better power than Bryson Stott, but I'd say Brendan Marsh has better power than Ali Bohm. I'd yeah. say, uh, and, and, you know, it just, it brings you to kind of an interesting fork in the road, so to say, because third base is another very, very deep position. A lot of guys that are eligible at short may be eligible at third this year. True. And, um, I, I think Bohm is kind of a, if the guys you really want go or you're picking elsewhere, Bohm is a good one. But the problem is at his ADP, I don't know that he's going to be drafted like the kind of second tier third baseman he is. That's fair.
0: That's fair. That's kind of why I've always been off of him. I've never really, I guess, bought fully in on the Alec Bohm experience. Bryson <laughs> Stott, you mentioned him earlier. This was one that I did not see coming, but that's because I didn't really know a lot about him. You know, in 2022, in 127 games, 10 homers, 12 steals, 234. Okay. Whatever, good first trip through the sun. Last year, though, 151 games, 15 homers, 31 stolen bases, go with a 280 average. Uh, right now, getting picked around 103, like 100 to 103. Who's the real Bryson Stott? What
1: should we expect this season? It's such a cop-out to say that it's somewhere in the middle, isn't it? What a, yeah. like, what a, what a cheap <laughs> thing to say. But, I mean... The safe thing to say is that it's somewhere in the middle. If you made me say, I think he's closer to reality as what we saw last year. I do believe that uh, that Stott made some really, really interesting improvements. Uh, he cut his strikeout rate tremendously. And uh, I remember reading the other day, he was within the top 10 most valuable second baseman, I think, in your standard fantasy league last year. So uh, Stott might've won you some leagues last year. Uh, you know, I we can't say that he didn't, for sure, it's just interesting because I think that he's going to obviously provide kind of the uh the second most safe stolen base kind of boon behind Trey Turner on the team. I think that he's got you know double digit home run power. I look at Stott and uh let's see what Ariel says. Ariel's got him projected for a 267 average. So at a 267 average for 20 steals and maybe 12 to 15 homers, uh quite a few runs. I think at pick 105, I'd be so much more interested in Boehm than I would be Castellanos. I think I'd be more interested in Boehm than I am – or excuse me, Stott than I am Casty and Stott than I am Bohm. Forgive me. No good. further good. Looking, looking further at, uh, at Bryson Stott, I do also want to call out that uh, according to our most recent Dynasty 1000 – Bryson Stott, and this includes prospects, is the number twenty-four overall second baseman, which is pretty impressive considering there's some really nice talent down the pipeline. And uh, on the other hand, Bubba Alec Boehm, not in our top, uh, not in our top five hundred dynasty pieces to own.
0: Ooh, that's so interesting.
1: It is, and now granted, we've talked a lot internally about how you know prospects should be valued versus major leaguers i think i think bohm is probably back half of that but i do think he's being overdrafted and especially after consulting our top 1000 here i think that that's accurate um i think he's being overdrafted stott on the other hand i think is being drafted very effectively i'd continue to do that or if you're drafting now do that
0: there you go all right let's get to a couple of the outfielders here and it's interesting i i i want to like segue because the first you know seven guys we talked about They're all around, like, 115 or better. They're all getting drafted pretty high. These next few, quite the drop-off. (laughs) we start with Brandon Marsh, who, you know, I'm a fan of, besides the beard and the wildness and everything else. 277 average, 12 homers, 10 steals in 133 games. They love his defense. Um, Get him in an ADP of three fifty five right now. Like, he's your fifth outfielder. He's a bench outfielder, whatever you want. I, I like the player. I don't know. What are your thoughts on Brandon Marsh, especially when it comes to fantasy?
1: I was so excited for the first month of last season because, man, Brandon Marsh looked like this was his year. He was about to explode and break out. And I still would consider it something of a soft breakout. I think Marsh has got more in the tank than what he's shown. I mean, you remember me referencing just a minute ago this guy, I think, has power that's probably superior to, to Allie Bones. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, while he's never going to really sniff that power level of, say, a Castellanos, a Bryce Harper, or a Kyle Schwarber, I do think that he's got non-negligible power. Uh, And, of course, as you referenced, the defense is outstanding. The guy is great in the field, uh, and the Phillies are committed to him. You know, We're not looking for an outfielder right now, despite the fact that we could probably find one that's pretty good on this market. With Marsh going as your fifth outfielder, I think that you're kind of taking an upside as well as getting some relatively stable floor there. Uh, 260 average could be what you're looking at. Uh, he does have a bit of a strikeout problem, though. That's kind of the downside to this: is that there could be long stretches of time where Marsh is almost unrosterable. Um, or let me rephrase: you're going to be highly tempted to churn that waiver or churn that spot with a guy on the waiver wire who may be hot when Marsh is not. Uh, all said, though, I think in a dynasty perspective, Marsh is great, um, worth owning, uh, has value. Still very, very young, so. I'm not mad at Brandon Marsh. I think anybody making that pick would be making a good pick. Yep, I'm
0: with you there. Let's talk Johan Rojas. He kind of had his coming out party last season. First first stint in the bigs, played 59 games, two homers, 14 steals. We've seen the speed throughout the minors. 302 average is pretty nice. We've seen him hit for average throughout the minors. Um, this is a guy that could get a starting gig uh, with the Phillies. It's still up in the air, but ADP around 390. What are our thoughts on Rojas? Because he could be a little speed demon late.
1: He could. Uh, I'm okay with Rojas as well. I, he was who I was alluding to a moment ago and thinking that there could be a better outfielder, uh, on, on the free agent market somewhere. Um, Rojas again, tremendous defense, a good hit tool, great speed. i never expected to see him in the majors last season. Uh, it's, it's kind of a shocker, but he's, he's been great. He's been great. Uh, you gotta love that defense. And, um, I, the thing that I'm concerned about with him is whether or not a we the Phillies excuse me do end up signing another outfielder, uh, whether or not he continues to hit at this high level. Uh, Ariel's got a projected for a 267 average, which is certainly very nice. Uh, Twenty one steals as well, certainly very nice. I think the key to it is going to be does he continue to hit at that high level or is he kind of just defense? Um, I'm okay with Rojas. I actually rostered Johan Rojas in my home fantasy league like him enough to do that um at at pick what did you say he was going at right now 375 but 3- 390 390 i think there might be some more interesting players at that point in the draft
0: okay yeah no that's why i haven't draft. i have a couple shares i draft too many leagues um i don't have them everywhere but it's just one of those like if he does get to play it's going to be awesome there's that concern like you're saying where might not come as much as we think. So it kind of depends on a lot of things there.
1: If he does, of course, the steals are going to be good. The average is going to be good. I just think that in any fantasy league, unless you're playing in like a five outfielder league, chances yes. are you may end up seeing his best games happen on the BEN spot on your uh, on fair. your lineup.
0: Very, very fair. Good point. Good point on that one. Uh, outside of prospects, are there any other bats we should be targeting that we will see some time with the Phillies? Or Is, kind of is what it is?
1: as bad as it is, I think it is what it is and when you say prospects, you're putting a whole lot of faith in the the Phillies system right now. I like the Philly system. I would say we're on an upturn even but uh in terms of prospects worth knowing you are uh, you're you're asking a lot of me here Bubba. I mean obviously the big one who barring some catastrophic stuff happening this year we will not see is Justin Crawford, Carl Crawford's son is outstanding. Uh an amazing contact tool, great wheels, pretty much imagine Carl, but uh Justin is still kind of developing the power and has a bit of an issue with hitting ground balls. He hits the ball into the ground a lot more. If he can just pick that launch angle up maybe 5 or 6 degrees. Boy, what a menace this guy would be. Uh easily a top 100 prospect though. I don't expect in this season. Uh, Aiden Miller who we just drafted won't be a fantasy thing for a while but he also has some interesting tools as a, as a young teenager as well um yeah the bats the bats kind of they are what they are and so that's why i kept alluding to the fact that it's going to take a free agent signing because we don't really have anybody waiting in the wings uh, kind of at triple a all right
0: then well, let's head to the mound and one of the big free agent signings was someone coming back to philadelphia this year and a guy that I just I couldn't picture in another uniform, honestly, in Aaron no. Nola. Uh, we know the jokes that get made with Aaron Nola. It's like the frustrating. He pitches so great. And then the one bad inning things and so on and so forth. But what he does is he pitches a ton of innings, 193 last year, 205 and 22, so on and so forth. Ratios are usually pretty good. Last year's closer to 4 or 5, but he gets the job done. Strikeouts will be there. Right now you have an ADP around 50. What are our thoughts on Nola coming into 2024?
1: Uh, I think I said with Trey Turner, draft with confidence. And that's what I would say uh, with Nola, because, like you said, I can't imagine him in any other shirt other than ours. So I'm glad he's back. Uh, what a, what a hole we would have at starting pitcher without him, because, like you said, he's a, he's a horse. He gives you strikeouts. The ratios are good uh, comfortably. And I mean, in, a, in like a, an odd build. I know you're all you should always try to target some pitching earlier. In an odd build, Nola as your SP1, though, is a fine scenario to be in. Um, not my favorite pitcher on the staff, but I do love Nola. Can't imagine him elsewhere. I think uh even if he is, like you said, a shade below four this year, kind of regressing to the mean there at like uh well, Ariel's got him in a 388. Uh uh, out of 188 innings and uh looking at something like nearly 200 strikeouts that feels just in line with what i'm expecting from here nola i think people should pick him up uh with confidence and you said going around pick 50 yep love it cool
0: yep. i'm with you got my fair share of nola as an sp2 and i almost slipped up because zach wheeler is going ahead of him and i love me some zach wheeler i have him I think on my rankings, I have him at, I got 2.5 is what I call it. Uh, him. Oh. And Cole. I'm about to put him over Cole, but I have him at three right now. I love Zach Wheeler a lot. Again, a workhorse, 192 innings. Uh, the strikeouts are, are awesome, but it's those ratios we see. That's the differentiating factor between him and Nola to me is Wheeler has continually pumped out the ratios where if Nola did that, they'd almost be the same picture. It'd be a Spider-Man gif. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wheeler's got an ADP at 25, basically half of Nola. So. Uh, what's your thoughts on Wheeler?
1: Love him. Want him everywhere, targeting him everywhere, would have him everywhere. Uh, obviously, I'm biased in that he has my name, he plays for <laughs> my team. He's outstanding. He's everything you could have hoped he would be, and from the Mets even. What a what a great world. God is good. Get him yeah. from the Mets, and now he's a Philly. Uh, draft draft with even more confidence than you would know. This is an SP1 all day long, and, and you referenced he was 2.5 in your rankings
0: yeah that's what i call easy so, i got him behind cole but i have i'm very i've discussed having him almost ahead of cole now so are you at uh like strider burns cole wheeler i'm strider cole wheeler i'm about to go strider wheeler cole not mad not mad at it yeah no burns not is my mad. four i believe four or five i can't remember right now
1: Um Makes and i got cha- yeah
0: yeah but wheeler i'm very high on very 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 high on as long as he gives you 190 plus innings he's gonna put it together an amazing season
1: so yeah i mean then and looking again let's shout shout out my man ariel bench with yeah. bubba episode 641 brought to you by atc projections yes uh 100 same as wheeler 188 innings looking at something like uh, 102 you know 195 200 strikeouts. Three and a half ERA, 1.1 whip all day long. That's your SP one
0: Yep, big, big, big fan of what he brings to the table. You mentioned you got him from the Mets. Do you happen to know where he came from before that?
1: I do. Uh, I apologize. Uh, yes, so, I know. <laughs> uh,
0: did he ever pitch for the Giants at all? I don't know. I think he just came from this minor league system, one of our top pitching prospects at the time, and we that traded him for about him. two months of Carlos Beltran. That <laughs>
1: was fun. I, I, Beltron is sick. Beltron's is yeah. sick, but I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's tough. I, I will say, you know, those dark years between his time in San Francisco and Philadelphia—the less said, the better. Yes. Uh, yes. Did you did you have Simeon to do the Mets?
0: Uh, he couldn't do it this year. No, I had, uh, uh, I had the guilds do it. Yeah.
1: Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Well, anyway, I would have I would have just dunked on the Mets hard. I won't do it because the guilds is nice. But if it was Simeone, I would have dunked pretty hard. Oh, you can dunk on the Mets all you want.
0: It's fun. Uh, it's what rivalries are built on. Um. So the the two elite pitchers, elite. Yeah. Yeah. Now we got elite. some questions. Now we got some question marks coming through here. There's some good. There's some bad. There's some ugly. So let's decipher. We'll start with Taiwan Walker here. And um, it's a pitch-to-contact profile, but another guy, he's an innings eater, which is good. Ratio's not great, but probably won't destroy you more often than not. We'll see. And he's an ADP of 420 right now. So what are your thoughts on Walker? Because I like guys that strike guys out. Walker doesn't do a lot of that. But at the same time, he'll eat up a ton of innings.
1: Yeah. Uh, So real quick, and this is kind of a – anyway, are you looking at ADP since January 1 or since, Uh, like –
0: January third, but just, okay. I'm giving rough numbers, so it's like all right, that's
1: just, all good. Yeah. I was gonna say I'm looking at him with an, an ADP since last you know since draft started on an FBC at five forty. Oh, yeah, we and... no, got to four twenty now. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I was gonna say he needs to be much higher than five forty just based on the fact that he's giving you solid innings. Um, you know, looking at this ATC is the first time I've seen it, and Ariel is not digging him for ERA this year. Looking at him about a four and a half, I do think he's gonna be a little better than that. Uh, and it's it's it looks like just base runners is what's going to get him based on these projections. But anyway, Walker he is a pitch to contact fella. Uh, used to have a curveball that was just absolutely sickening, and I think it's kind of eroded a bit as he's gotten a little older. Um, but again, you know, looking at kind of 130 strikeouts over 160 innings, not hyper ideal. But for the real-life Phillies, good. For your fantasy team, SP6 or 7, okay. He's not going to totally demolish you. And he could be useful more often than he's not.
0: Yeah, Walker's like that guy. I've, I've used the Kyle Gibson analogy and other ones that it's like, he's a guy in your roster where he's too good to just drop, but he's not good enough to start every game. So every week, so like well, kind so that, of he's, he's he's a, um, I can't remember what we termed it last year, like a benched streamer, if that makes oh, sense. Like okay. a guy you'd like to like pick up off the wire to stream from time to time, but you know, if you drop him, someone else will. So you just kind of hold them on your bench and, and that's just, Walker kind of fits that mold to me.
1: Yeah. That's a great, great. I love the Kyle Gibson comp there too. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities similar. between
0: the two really yeah. is. And so. It, it fits them all. Gibson used that was like our go to last year. Gibson, the bench streamer, and there's a, there's a handful of those guys as they as they go through the, the days here. Now, Ranger Suarez this is the guy I've had a lot of shares of in the past. Didn't work as well last year because injuries, 125 innings over 22 starts. Previous season made 29 starts, which was pretty groovy. But uh, ratio still, you know, 4 2. You can live with that, all things considered. Strikeouts were back up, which was nice um right now is ADP since the uh, the first is around 356 and I think um I don't know I've been buying in tell me if I'm crazy or not
1: no I think you're on the right track with Ranger he, he I think it was two off seasons ago that Ranger was being heralded he was like oh this is the guy this is the new guy no not quite uh but he's good he's a guy he's a guy in the group and that's great I'm I think Rangers are a guy you could probably draft with much more confidence than you can Taiwan Walker, just knowing that the strikeouts are going to be a little better. The ratios, at least according to Ariel, are going to be a little better. And I do think that Ranger stuff is probably a little better, although they're both two contact-type guys. Uh, Also got to give a shout-out to Ranger Suarez in the postseason. What a G. Yep,
0: Uh, that might have been what got my hopes back up. I was watching that. That gave me glimpses of this dude that can do some things. That's fair.
1: Uh, You know, the – The starter that is kind of getting drafted a little ridiculously, in my opinion, though, is Christopher Sanchez. What do you make of him?
0: That's where I wanted to go with this because my good buddy Ryan Bloomfield, that's like his late-round darling. Um, The helium is is getting there because we just talked about Ranger 356. Christopher (laughs) Sanchez is sitting at 238. Um, so 120 picks up, give or take difference. And uh, I think Christopher Sanchez was, you know, the ratios are good. Strikeouts, not bad. Um, first, first go, uh, like first real go. And that always concerns me a bit. So I like him. It's just paying that price tag. When you look at other pitchers in that area, um, like there's closers all over the place. There's Reed Decker, who threw really well. Brian Bayo, who I like Kikuchi coming off a big year, Maeda Morton, so on and so forth. There's a lot more proven track records mm. in that range. So, what's your thoughts on what's your thoughts on Sanders? I like him. I'm just having a tough time drafting him
1: where he's going at that price tag. Well, who first of all, who would I be to say anything negative about Ryan's uh, Ryan's darling? Uh, oh, you, you you seriously can not because you're on my show right now. Don't worry about it. I'll protect. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a, it's all right. I he he's correct in drafting him. I would probably wait a little later. Um. Realistically speaking. Now looking at Sanchez last year, uh, you know, the very first thing you're gonna say is maybe some of this was a little Babbitt oriented. And that's that's a fine concern. I do like that he cut his walks, cut walks a lot. Another ground ball oriented guy, though, which is great considering you know, Citizens Bank is a little bit of a an explosion zone. Um, you you want to pitch to contact, you want to keep the ball on the ground as best you can there. Um, I do like that. I also like that Sanchez is going to be you know comparatively with Walker and, and uh, Ranger who are both kind of in that same mold of pitcher he's going to give you competitive era but then in terms of strikeouts I even think Ariel's got him a little low. he's got him at 120 strikeouts over 134 innings. I think that could honestly go up. Um, while he is a ground ball pitcher, I do think that Sanchez has got a little bit more stuff than that um I'd say he's I'd, I'd say draft with caution. Because when you say like Brian Bayo is getting drafted close to him, that's yeah. a guy I'd rather have probably ten or eleven times than I'd rather Again. have
0: Chris Sanchez. I lo- yeah, I love Bayo too. That's that's my problem. Like I'm looking at these guys going close by, and it's like yeah, yeah. Uh, proven track record goes a long way in my book. I'm not the most risky drafter, so it's tricky I've, for me.
1: I've been called dra- uh, risk averse as well, but don't yeah. want anyone to put you down yeah. for that. No,
0: like I do my thing, and it works out more often than not. So we have I, I love team boring. Let's go that direction um let's head to the bullpen real quick here yeah you know, jose, jose alvarado seems to have the hold on it for now let me clarify that because this is a phillies bullpen that we saw craig Kimbrell come in and do his thing he's obviously <laughs> yeah. gone and many people are happy about that but uh, you got alvarado Kimbrell did his part that's why i laughed about people getting angry you got alvarado yeah. um you got hoffman who was really good out of the pen or everyone likes orion and there's so many options there so how do you attack the bullpen for fantasy purposes
1: well let's let's start at the top Uh, Alvarado is the dude right now. Um, Had a little bit of a drop-off whenever he first returned from his injury. It was clear he was still hurt. Went back on the IL and then finished the year really fine. Uh, Obviously, you got to love the fact that he's a lefty. He's got sickening stuff. I I do think he's the favorite for the closer role for now. Um, Easily the best K per nine on the team. Strikes out the most guys relative to what he he pitches, of course. Uh, If you made me put a guess on it, 25 saves this year. Um, and that's because I do think some of that love is going to get spread around a little bit, um, to some of, some of the deeper cuts, but then, uh, you know, Alvarado is the third, at least according to the ADP that I've got the third highest drafted Phillies pitcher. And I think that that's appropriate. Um, I can't, uh, you know, looking, looking further at some of the bullpen though, I do think that guys are going a little too high and I think guys are going definitely too low as well. So, uh, Who's your next favorite of the Phillies' bullpen, Bubba? Well,
0: I've always been a Hoffman guy. I really liked what we saw there. Um, I've talked to, like, uh, Jorge Montanis, who does a lot of bullpen stuff, Kerlin and some other guys, and they really opened my eyes to him, and then I've dug in more. So I think Hoffman's the guy, because everyone's looking at Orion, and don't get me wrong, what he did in the postseason, basically on his first – he hadn't even finished his first cup of coffee yet, was pretty darn impressive. There's no sugarcoating that. But, man, what Hoffman did is good, and I, I think there's a lot to be said about that.
1: What let's just compare the two for a moment. Uh, so according to the ADP data I'm looking at, I see Kirkering at a 527. What have you got?
0: Uh, I got him at no, no, I got him at 381. That, see, that's
1: way too high. What about Hoffman, yeah. where you got Hoffman 458. Okay, so our numbers are relative, they've both been bumped, but so I've got uh, about well, it's irrelevant. Okay. Uh, Hoffman needs to be being drafted before Kirkering for sure. Um, I'm so glad to hear you say that uh, that Jorge and that Carlin have both told you and turned your eyes to what uh, to Hoffman did because he's outstanding. Uh, looking at him over uh, against the rest of the team had the second best caper non numbers to Jose Alvarado. Uh, obviously, Hoffman is a player that uh, deep dynasty guys, longtime dynasty guys are going to remember as being a starting pitching prospect. Of course, this is a guy you should have expected. Once he kind of had that little flame out, you should have said, man, wherever he latches on, he's going to have a great uh, career just based on the fact that he has all this pedigree. Talent does not disappear. It might erode, but it doesn't disappear. Hoffman is a prime example of that. Uh, So this season, I think Hoffman's probably going to get quite a few saves as well. I do think he's got to contend with quite a few guys because you remember uh, last year we talked about how the Phillies' bullpen, you almost want to get multiple if you're going to get any because you had Kimbrel, Alvarado, Greg Soto, and Sir Anthony Dominguez. Mm -hmm. This year that's almost spread even more to five because you have Alvarado, uh, Kirkering, Hoffman, Soto, and Dominguez. And this is still not uh, anticipating that the Phillies don't sign somebody that's still on the market, a a David Robertson reunion. Um, I think there's some other dudes that like – I think Hector Nerese is still a free agent. So, I mean, a Nerese reunion was kind of just muddy up the water. But at the same time, from a real world baseball perspective, having all those guys plus a Matt Strom who's outstanding, it makes me feel good because bullpen was dreadful in Philly. Even, you know, kind of the year before last when we made the World Series, it was something that needed addressing. So, to have this depth, is outstanding for your fantasy team. Uh, let's just jump back to that. I, I love Kirkering, I think, as a late round pick, he's outstanding. The slider is absolutely redonk. Uh, it's he's a sinker slider guy. If you don't know, sinker was up to almost 99 miles an hour, and the slider's got like I think it's something like a foot and a half of horizontal break. It's just sick. Um, love, love Kirkering, but I think Hoffman all told had probably. Uh, ooh, this is gonna be bold. Top ten non closing reliever season last year. He was I outstanding. Fair.
0: I think that's very fair. Like he was he was that good. Like I knew he was good and that's why I said they opened my eyes and it really and his postseason was like next level impressive. That's where, like, and, and it feels like Orion kind of overshadowed it because everyone was talking about him and everything. And right. again, nothing against
1: him. He was awesome. He was no, and, and as a rookie, it is, it's almost doubly impressive. Yeah. You want to like this kid. And I'm yeah. not saying don't draft him. But that's draft where, him both. but based on the ADP, it's like
0: Hoffman's yeah. probably got the better role to begin with. And you're getting them, like 150 picks later. Like, there's a lot to like there. And you even mentioned Soto and Dominguez. We haven't even really mentioned them. Yeah. There's so many moving parts. And, those guys will have closing pedigrees in their life. Like So Mm -hmm. I still think it's Hoffman and Alvarado. I think we're on the same page there for the most part, but I wouldn't be shocked if it gets sprinkled around, like you said, all throughout situations.
1: I I agree. Uh, Just a quick note on Sir Anthony Dominguez. Great reliever. Really like Dominguez. I did notice, though, that his best pitch is slider. Mm -hmm. He's not throwing that near enough. Uh, It's only 27% use, and I'm not saying he goes to kind of you know, sicko mode level usage of it, but up the slider use some. And I think that you could have a little bit more success. Um and he's this is a guy that could use a couple more strikeouts, honestly, to contend in that kind of loaded bullpen with guys like Kirkering and Soto and, and Hoffman, who are big K guys behind Alvarado, who's the sickest K monster on the team. So it's yeah. I'd be keep an eye on that, everybody at home. If the slider use goes up, Sir Anthony Dominguez could be a really good deep league guy.
0: Good to know. Very good to know. Any pitching prospects to keep in mind? I know we had some expectations last year, and injuries derailed one, and yeah. uh, with Andrew Painter. So, what are we
1: thinking this year? So, I need to—I need you to quote me some numbers, please. Yeah. Um, can you tell me what the ADP numbers you're looking at for Mick Abel are? Mick Mick Abel six seventy nine. And then Painter currently, Painter is seven forty five. Okay, good. That's that's rationalized. What about Griff McGarry? Griff has not been drafted. Okay, I saw the same for McGarry, so he's still not been drafted. Okay. Um, quick quick hits here, guys uh, at home, because I know we're hitting uh, about oh, we're time good. we need to wrap. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, so McGarry, don't draft him. He's good. If he comes up, he's going to be a relief piece. The Phillies have kind of tested him as a starter, and I was of the boat last year that he would be a starter. This year I think it's almost better that we continue adding to that strength in the in the bullpen and, and put him there. Uh, he would fit in pretty well there. I I'd be curious to see how his stuff plays up. I think he needs a little more time in the oven, but um to, to bake and get his kind of get his life together pitching. Um the numbers I was looking at here from kind of just the whole offseason have Painter above Abel, and that's just ludicrous. Uh Painter, I don't expect to pitch this year. And if he does, it's going to kind of be like a September thing. On the other hand, Abel should see some innings this year. And while I struggle to say they're going to be significant innings, a couple starts, couple of appearances out of the bullpen. And the real the real thing to consider with Abel is that he's just a little bit wild. Uh a little wild, and his stuff isn't quite what you would have expected from kind of your first round pick a couple years ago. That said, this is a team who, you know, let's say something goes wrong with Ranger or with Walker, or if Chris Sanchez just doesn't shake out the way we hope he is, Abel's going to be the guy that's going to come around to get this call by virtue of the fact that Painter is not healthy. Um, I think Abel's a guy you should look for deep leagues, uh, dynasty leagues. I, I know that Abel's been falling. Uh, even, let me just double check my numbers real here, uh, real quick right here because Abel has fallen in terms of kind of in terms of his prospect luster but he's still worth having because he's going to p- probably pitch 50 or 60 innings this year. Uh, yeah, okay, so in our most recent top 500 prospects, Abel was down to 177. Uh, definitely has a fall there, but this is a guy that still has SP3 potential, big velocity. It's a guy that you could draft with confidence. He's he's not Andrew Painter, who, who is a frontline guy, who will be the next Nola Wheeler type. But yeah. in, in the scheme of this year, guys, if you're in a redraft situation or even a deep dynasty situation, look at Mick Abel. I think he could give you some interesting things, uh, certainly better than some some of the chum on the waiver wire.
0: I like that. I like that quite a bit as a nice little uh, nice little boost for a late pick. Those are always the fun uh, deciphering points in that draft, and I like um, how... The, the painter love like I haven't even looked at him cuz I didn't think he'd pitch either. So, I was always confused by people getting in there but that's slowly yeah. deteriorating it looks like which is which is good to see as well. All right, before we wrap things up, what are your expectations in 2024 real life baseball
1: for the Phillies? I uh, it's hard because you know the the Braves are so good. But there are more wild card spots. I think the Phillies should make the playoffs. I don't expect the Nationals to be great contenders. The Marlins are going to be bizarre, as I'm sure you and Curlin discussed previously. Uh, And then the Mets, I whatever. I I can't have confidence in the Mets anymore because after last year when we were told they're going to spend on everybody and they don't get anybody, okay. Sure. Sure. So, I mean, if the Phillies are 1A or 1B or even 2 in a a stacked Division of 5, I like our shot at the postseason. And then when you get to the postseason, we're continuing the success we've built this past two years. This is a team who's always a perennial threat to win the National League. I Frankly, I like them better than the Diamondbacks, who were the NL champions. Now, the problem is going to be that the NL is sick. I mean, Dodgers, the Braves, there's lots of teams that are just nasty. And so... The Phillies are among them, though, and I hope to have a great – I'm going to have a great year watching the Phillies this year. Can't wait to watch them play. Opening day couldn't get here quick enough. My favorite day of the offseason, my two favorite positions, pitcher and catcher, they report very, very soon. Yep,
0: we're about two and a half weeks away from seeing Magic, and I always joke because my love for baseball, Like, and, and Bloomfield gave me a hard time the other day. I'm like, yeah, it's usually around Valentine's Day. I'm like, how'd you know that? I'm like, it always is because I love baseball so much. But in reality, it really is. Like, they always report anywhere, like, the earliest you'll see is maybe the 10th, but it's always like 12, 13, 14th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, all the teams report right around Valentine's Day. And like, I always, the other joke is, man, wives must really love baseball because that's like their day. And they're like, see you. I'm out. See you in, <laughs> in seven months. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'll talk. I'll talk to you in a couple of months. See you. Yeah. Uh, um, but their, no, the, wi- their wives, like, fantasy players' wives,
0: Ah, they gotta love the game. Gotta oh, yeah. love baseball. Gotta be big fans of it because they don't see us very often, except somewhere on the TV or whatever. They really want to, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, but with the Phillies, I just want to comment on. That is, team is deadly. It, it they just gotta make the dance like they've proven in recent years, because they might not have the one through five starting rotation that some other teams have, but you got those big big two up top. You can piece together the other one because in, in a playoff rotation, all you need needs three, and uh, all you need three. and so you get Wheeler and Nola into the dance you got enough with Ranger and these guys, you can piece together that third. And then okay. it gets to uh, that bullpen. We mentioned five dudes when you could literally just, you could hand the ball off in the fourth or the fifth. And that that's, that's money. That's money.
1: We, we didn't even talk about Matt Strom, who is going to pitch yeah. great innings, could be a deep guy. There's yep. still more time in this offseason to sign more bullpen help or another starting pitcher. Um, there's there's plenty of guys out there that I think could only make this team better. And frankly, there are guys on the real-life Phillies who could make your fantasy team better. And I hope that you uh, finish this video, this podcast, with a confidence in them to draft them uh, happily. This is a team that's one of the best in baseball, and it's one that I'm proud to be a fan of.
0: Heck, yeah. I love it. Love the enthusiasm. Love you having you on the show once again. Before we head out of here, remind everybody where they can find you.
1: Sure, uh, and Bubba, I want to give you another thank you, Bud. I appreciate you having me on. It's been a treat. It's always so nice talking to you. Uh, you know, your taste in friends is a curious one. Uh, no, I, I'm kidding. Uh, no, it's fair. It's I've been told that. Many no, times. no, man, all your pals are great. All, all of you have been. I'm super an equal cool opportunist out here. So, <laughs> all, all of you guys have been super cool to me for as long as I've been in the industry, and I got to give you cred for that. But uh, yeah, if, you're, if for whatever reason you want to follow me in between my very intermittent uh, intermittent appearances here with Bubba, uh, you can do so on the Twitter machine at Drew is okay. Uh, we also are always welcoming new patrons, new site visitors at Prospects Live. Uh, you can find us there at prospectslive.com and then on Patreon at Prospects Live, where I host Dynasty podcasts, uh, mailbag podcasts, and we're actually looking to do a whole lot of new things, some new big things coming at Prospects Live in the upcoming year. So we are excited for that. Um, furthermore, I, I always love getting messages. Uh, Love hearing if I've helped you or if I can help you, please shoot me a message on the Twitter machine or just tweet me. I'm happy to do that. Happy to talk baseball. Happy to talk Seiya Suzuki. Happy to talk pitchers and love catchers as well, as many of you know. So Bubba, thanks again for having me, man. It was a real treat. No
0: problem at all. I support all things Prospect Live. They have just amazing stuff there. And I always love chatting with you, man. And we'll have to do it more often one of these days I as have I get to. my life back together this year. And we're going to, Bench with Bubba is going to have some fun. That's all I got to say. So Can't we'll wait. get some more voices out there and have some fun. But appreciate you. If people aren't following them, you should. Content is great, but a person's even better on Twitter at Drew is okay. Go check that out. But this was Bench of Bubba, episode 641, Philadelphia Phillies team preview. Catch you all next time.